Welcome back to Raised by the 90s. Today, we're talking about one of the first Nicktoons released all the way back in 1991. Doug, I am Peter Z, here with... Toby Freeze. Toby, what were the like first three things that came to mind when we decided to do this show? Let's see, Doug's green vest, for sure. Patty mayonnaise. Yeah. And pork chop. Yeah, two of those things were the same for me, pork chop and patty mayonnaise. The third being Roger. I have to take back what I said as my favorite. I think I'll reveal who my new favorite is after rewatching. But um, yeah, his design stuck out a lot to me. I forgot how big his uh, nose is. It's enormous. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the restaurant in town is Honker Burger. Yeah, they all have big honkers. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, I did notice that, like, on some of the wider shots, if you will, everyone kind of looks like Sonic the Hedgehog with these giant boots on. It looks so weird with their skinny legs. I could talk for a while on how weird and inconsistent the design is. Here, let me share some pictures. I want you to see this. Like in this one episode, this lady looked like a Looney Tunes character. I was like, "What is she doing here?" It was, and she had the animation to match, like the movements. She looks very Animaniac style. I agree. Like Warner Brothers. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and. I actually laughed a lot, probably the most out of any of the episodes, like, with it, at that one. Okay. I will say I found myself laughing at the show more than I thought I would. How about you? Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, I mean, some of the ideas within the episodes were kind of out there. Yeah. Going back on your animation thing, I wanted to point out that there was one guy in one episode where it was the exact opposite. He had super big legs (laughs) and a very short, stout upper body. And I I believe it was the Doug door-to-door episode when he was selling the chocolate door-to-door. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I remember like one of the customers had, I just remember that he had these huge pants. I was like, what uh, is going it was, on? It was very jarring to me. Yeah, <laughs> no, me too. It was shocking. Yes. One thing I'll note was um, you mentioned in our uh, pre-show that you had seen the whole first season. Mm-hmm. Did you notice how weird the animation on the second episode was? Um, Not entirely. I, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Peter. I was a little distracted. <laughs> while i was watching the first season but yeah new new puppy yeah yeah new puppy life but did you, also did you notice in that first episode that they say it's surprising how much stuff a dog can acquire i was like oh toby take heed <laughs> fortunately uh, my dog's not a vegetarian like pork chop it's a phase as they say <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not letting me paste this picture i just wanted to show you how off model everyone I did, I did notice in a couple of the early episodes, there was almost like film burn or like animation burn in some of the slides, maybe. Yeah. It, it was, it was quite odd. There was a, there was like a corner of the, yeah, the, of the slide missing. The right half of the screen on some of the episodes, it looked like the edge of a Nintendo 
like an old NES where the border is messed up, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what it looked like. I was like, wow, these are some... I mean, maybe they didn't have good versions of the tapes. I was kind of thinking about that because a lot of times I'll see animation from that time period and there's like a black line missing on the outline of a house. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. did that not get scanned in what did the cell originally look like because why would that be your art style i just don't get it um i could say that about the whole of doug why would that be your art style i guess it does have some charm but um overall it's a bizarre looking show and i was only reminded of that more when we revisited it Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely unique. I mean, we can talk about the the multicolors of all the characters all day, you know. But <laughs> well, that's thing. But, that's one thing I wasn't sure if we wanted to even touch with like a forty fifty uh, meter pole. It's yeah. uh, like is Skeeter black? <laughs> I don't know. Well, according to the creator, he is, and. I I didn't pick up on it as a kid, but you can kind of see it in mm-hmm. from his mannerisms and he makes the order for Doug at the Honker Burger and it's very uh smooth. It's very Yeah, it's fresh. Fresh. Yeah, well put. So it is a bit evident, but that went over my head and then I was thinking so is every are these all different races i don't know what's going on here but it's very weird i mean roger being green is fair enough because he's a jerk but like what what's going on there yeah very odd choice and mr dink is rather a rather crazy design with the teeth and the purple oh yeah for sure how old do you think he's supposed to be who, Mr. Dink? Yeah. Uh, I didn't look it up or anything. I'm just curious what your take is. I'm going to say he is about 49 years old. 49. Not quite at that 50. Okay. I was thinking maybe 40, like lower 40s. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know what to make of it, but I got a big kick out of uh, his wife. I'm sure you did too. She just doesn't put up with any of his nonsense. Nope. But she's always by his side. It's it's quite endearing. <laughs> I was going to say, apparently she does, but like she's constantly just making snarky remarks yeah. in an absolutely monotone voice. It's pretty funny. Yep, for she, sure. She was good. Can we talk a minute about Mr. Dink's inventions? I didn't get to... I remember those, but I didn't uh-huh. actually run into any episodes with them. He was always uh, showing off the expensive stuff he bought. But, um, oh, okay. I, I didn't, I do distinctly remember the one where, like, they're building something in his garage and he's like, screwdriver, hammer, jelly donut, and like, you gotta <laughs> eat something like that. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe what, I'm confusing some of his high tech stuff with just stuff that he's spending his money on. Maybe I wasn't fully getting the context. Well, he does say he's a writer in one episode. But oh, I yeah. Do- no, you're right. You're right thought he was like a tinkerer yeah maybe so, i don't know do we need to watch more doug maybe that was just a side gig <laughs> i think i need to watch some more doug the first season just i didn't grasp at all 
And that's what I also mentioned in the pre-show. I had jumped around, and after watching a few episodes, I felt like I knew less about the show than what I had remembered in my head. I could not get a grasp of any of the characters and how I remembered their personalities when I felt like I saw so few of them. Oh, and to finish my thought on that weird animation, I wonder if that was the real pilot. And then when it got green lit, they made the introductory one of him moving to town with the studio that made the rest of the episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Because Roger just looks, he already looked bad, but they made him Mm -hmm. look just awful. And um, yeah, he's very uh, ratty. He's very, yeah, almost monstrous. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, even more so than he is. He's a bit more curved and rounded and less lanky in the other part of the show. Mm-hmm. I also didn't pick up what you had mentioned about Mr. Dink. I was not familiar with that uh, acronym. Ah, yeah, double income, no kids. Yeah, I didn't realize (laughs) that. So that's how he has all that spare income. I'm wondering if there's some... I'm just thinking out loud, because I remember he was leading the scouts, Mm -hmm. and he always seems to be roping Doug into stuff. Mm -hmm. Is he regretting his choice to not have kids? Are we supposed to understand Uh, that as adults or what? That's astounding, Peter. I'd never even thought of that. (laughs) And to be be quite honest, I think maybe maybe he is because he has all these resources and everything. So why wouldn't he just capture the magic of having a kid without having a kid? Well, (laughs) well, that's the thing. The only reason he has the resources is because he doesn't have kids. Yeah. You know, that's part of the thing, but... Well, not that those are mutually exclusive, but the dual income, no kids kind of implies that, you know, you don't have that monetary burden so you can buy uh, crazy TVs and all the other things he had. Yeah. And begs the question, what do you think Mr. Dink wrote if he was an author? In In the first episode, he's showing the film. Maybe he's like a script writer. Because he's chilling mm. his film. Um, I have no idea. I don't have a good guess. <laughs> uh, I was thinking he was like a like a Tom Clancy type. He wrote some war novels. Like he'd seen some stuff. That would be really a really interesting twist on his character. There's this dark side we don't know about where he's writing these <laughs> thriller spy novels and he doesn't have kids because he has like painful memories of what happened to kids during the war and doesn't want any of his own. <laughs> well, with, with Marvel coming out with their first R rated series, maybe we'll get a, maybe we'll get a Doug prequel on Disney plus one day. <laughs> See, what do you do there though? Because it's already just called Doug. You can't, just, <laughs> you, you can't do the, the standard, you know, where they went back just to doom for that game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. How do you, it just D. <laughs> Yeah, just Dink. That'd be great. Oh, Dink. And have him like the Dink. Yeah, back just have story. like half of it. Yeah, oh, have like half that. of his face on the on the thumbnail for the show. Like half that. of his face is shadowed out, and the other half is on there. You know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I could probably go really far with this idea. I mean, okay, yeah. so with based on the time period, he probably served in Nam, right? Mm-hmm. Like special forces you know that's how he's so good with all these gadgets clearly an intelligent man um (laughs) maybe got hit in the head a few too many times which is why he's a bit wacky now 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop myself before I start, but I mean, <laughs> no, he's a goofy character. Um, who else really stuck out to you among the characters or what did you notice in general rewatching? So without the obvious, like Patty Mayonnaise, because Patty Mayonnaise is kind of just like, she's almost a main character. Um, as, as far as the side characters, I, I would say, uh, Le- well, let's talk about Patty for just a moment. Okay. Um, for one thing, I think her voice actress is wonderful. Oh, she is. Yeah, I noticed that too. I noticed that too. And BB. They both mm. sound like they've been smoking two packs a day <laughs> since they were three, and it's great. Um, I don't know if I could know anyone like that, but it's just perfect for the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm surprised how little Patty seems to show up. She's more of like a plot object half the time. Yeah, she really is to kind of either drive Doug to do something or say something or get something accomplished. Or he's nervous about something. Yeah. And I was really surprised that there's not like they don't hang out. It's always like he wants to or like that's the reward or he's supposed Mm -hmm. to meet her and almost forgets. And, you know, I was surprised by that. She's more of a a plot device, not... Mm -hmm. Not the strong uh, female, you know, named after a condiment that I remember. <laughs> oh, and th- what about this for a shocker? In the one episode I watched, Doug throws a baseball and somehow knocks down a house. And Patty, for her part, makes no effort to explain anything, just calls Doug terrible. And at the end, it's not even clearly explained what happens. But... um <laughs> near the end of the episode he's wondering what made her so mad and skeeter's just like oh that's the house they lived in before her mom died and i was like dude what what the fuck yeah that's how they break it yeah Yeah, that's how they break that patty mayonnaise his mom died (laughs) well i don't know if that's the first time and skeeter goes i thought you knew because everyone knows and doug's like yo i just moved here and and he's like yeah yeah i'm your best friend that's what best friends are for and uh i i found myself lacking sympathy for doug patty and skeeter many times i don't know about Mm -hmm. you but those were my main thoughts on patty i return it to you about other side characters it seemed like you had a thought okay no no i was just gonna say and you mentioned her name bb uh BB was not exactly a small part in the show, not a big part either, but she fit in pretty well. Yeah. She was yeah, she- one of the main parts in the episode that I laughed the hardest at because I wouldn't go so far to call her a uh, bitch, uh-huh. but she's like blunt. Yeah. And she's openly blunt. Like, you know what you're getting into. She's not just going to be mean for no reason. She's mean to everyone. Like, yeah, that's for fair. sure. I'm, I'm cool with that. You, you keep doing you, BB. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I like the trope that she's like, you know, rich and spoiled. But like, mm. I wish you had seen um, that episode or, or do, you didn't by chance watch uh, Doug Wears Tights. I did not. Oh, well. BB's mom is trying to force her to get the main role and you know they're very wealthy and she says she owns the bluff bluffington yeah the bluffington ballet so like she's like oh i can i'll make sure you get the part and BB doesn't want it 
she speaks in what seems like some kind of blue-blooded but southern accent, and they are also purple people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, it was very weird. Um, I don't know. And the accent was really bad, too, and constantly shifting between multiple regions and races. And I don't know. It, I found it uh, strange by today's standards. Yeah. But um, now that you mentioned that episode, I, I remember it fully watching it as a kid. So. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I'm saying now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's how most of them went. It would start off in some random spot. Um, I noticed the episodes have the tendency to like, just go off in this random direction and build up all these stakes. And for instance, in, in that one, in like the last 30 seconds, BB just tells her mom, I didn't want that part. You wanted it for me. And BB goes, Oh, sorry. I called you a clown, Doug. You're just a boy wearing <laughs> tights. Um, and like, that's actually what she says. Like, and, um, it's like all of this tension is just poof. And Doug never seems to have real consequences. I thought it was weird. Like very little lesson learned. Yeah, that is true. And it's funny because the show is full of lessons, but yeah, are we sure Doug even heeds them? No, no, he, <laughs> he he never seems to learn, which I guess he has to be at a certain place to be able to learn. But like mm-hmm. yeah, I no, I was gonna say I still sometimes am a black hole of confidence not only is mine low but i will actively lower that of those around me um so i could have learned a lot if they had managed to make the lessons stick or be more uh relatable tangible i don't know what it is um Mm -hmm. another example uh in one episode i watched my favorite character his sister judy this thespian beatnik born in the wrong generation bohemian uh manages to have dirt on doug and um at the end she says the same thing doug says at the start that allows him to enslave her and instead of him being like bigger about it at the end she's doing chores for him instead of like the torture he was enduring the whole episode Mm-hmm. to be fair he does come clean that's how he gets out of the enslavement by his sister he just comes yeah. clean to his mom and and his mom didn't care and he gets like grounded so he does see some comeuppance but like he just got punished he didn't he learned the lesson that he should have come clean right away but he's still vindictive against his sister which is like oh yeah okay whatever i guess that's a win but like i wouldn't have written it that way i don't know yeah, there w- there was a lot of this show, and I'm pretty sure it's mentioned, but uh, I think Honesty was the big play spanning across the entire four seasons. Go on. Um, what do you mean? Only because there, there's there was a few episodes I remember, like the one where he, they're selling chocolate. and uh, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Doug sees Roger putting on his salesman shtick to sell this these horrible booster bars that Mr. Dink is selling for the... Boy Scouts? Yeah. Or, For them or to go the, on a trip. The Bluff Scouts. Yeah, the Bluff Scouts. 
Uh, excuse me. <laughs> well, if it and wasn't then, that, it would be beat scouts because everything yeah. is beats. I don't know what's up yeah. with that, but anyways. Yeah, <laughs> we could probably dedicate an entire episode just to those the, beat, the fucking bro. beat usage in this yeah, show. Yeah, weird, <laughs> man. I don't know. Um, go yeah. on though. Uh, but anyway, he sees Robert doing or Roger doing this, and uh, Roger goes up to this lady's house that Doug was just at, and the lady had turned him away. So when Roger comes up, he offers a free sample of the chocolate Mm -hmm. and the grandma eats this chocolate and instantly likes it. It's not the same booster bar as it was last year. Yeah. Uh, So she buys almost the entire box from Roger and it turns out Roger had some expensive foreign stuff underneath the wrapper. Yeah. Within the booster bar wrapper. But like. Even before that, it does seem like he's a smooth salesman. He does like he's yeah, re- he's very good. He he's much more open and like uh, he gets the other person to respond a lot better than Doug does, and he's pushy like you kind of have to be, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It was definitely on some boiler room stuff with like Vin <laughs> Diesel and Giovanni Ribisi. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but you're right. The theme of that episode comes around to Doug making that he tries to do it. And then like the as I'm as I was saying earlier, in the act of committing the lie, he goes, "Oh, I can't do this." It's like, "Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, okay, it's just yeah. over instantly. <laughs> yeah, and I never I never thought about that, that he actually went through with doing this stuff, and then he always caught himself halfway through saying this isn't right. <laughs> yeah, th- there are just a lot of episodes that revolve around that premise where he either lies or, like, some misunderstanding happens where he should have just been honest right away. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think a lot of times they just wanted to, to do whatever they want with the episode. And then they like threw in that, but then I I, I don't know. No, the end of that episode you describe is kind of funny too, because he brings the chocolate to um, the person he tries to pull the con on is actually the maker of the chocolate. Yeah. Mr. Swirly, who was way more prominent in the show than I remembered. uh, Cause he was in at least, three episodes i watched see i only saw him that one bit and i remember him in his house but that was the only Mm -hmm. time he showed up for me dude (laughs) his house with just the like gold-plated ice cream cones and ice cream (laughs) yeah it's over the top i love it it. looks like the kremlin it (laughs) it I always, I actually, whenever I watch the South Park episode, when they try and build the ladder to heaven, um, yep. <laughs> they're talking to the guy they won candy from, and they're like, the guy's like, that's all the ticking clock, works great in the movies, and he has this candy house, and I always was reminded of Mr. Swirly's house. Another thing I was reminded of, well, for a long time, I remembered in the theme song, which maybe unpopular opinion i kind of can't stand it but the guitar riff when roger shows up for years i remembered that and it got to the point in college where i would just play that riff for random people at the frat house and be like do you know what that's from (laughs) and finally some girl was like oh that's from the doug theme song and i was like what really and i like pulled it up (laughs) on youtube and i was like holy shit but um yeah i wrote a whole article on how much I dislike using the human voice, like syllables as an instrument. Mm-hmm. 
That's okay. garbage. So, and it should be thrown in the trash. Yeah. So, what is their opinion of the opening music then? Um, the, well, does it fit that? Does it fit your overall opinion on that? <laughs> well, I was gonna say it gets a minor pass. Like, I'm cool with uh, mouth percussion sounds, mm-hmm. and the show uses some uh, mouth sound effects, which are pretty yeah. funny when executed properly. But um, it gets a bit of a pass because I don't think it was supposed to have words, but like I would have them just rather had an instrument playing. And then when you hear and it's the same guy's voice doubled a bunch for the harmonies, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, that sounds pretty lame. And the the na-na-na just uh, kill me. I uh, You don't like it? Oh, can't stand it. Can't uh, stand that's it funny. I'm the exact opposite. I, I love it. <laughs> well, I, I was happy that my brain quickly replaced it with a theme from Yoshi's Island. And mm. that was, you know, I'm much happier having that stuck in my head. So, um, okay. yeah, I, like I said, might be an unpopular opinion, but I just can't stand that. Like, it's good to have unpopular opinions. Yeah. Uh, it, this, it, if, if, if you're not down with that, that, that's cool. We can have different opinions. It's fine. <laughs> that the, the opening of the show just always reminds me of like Saturday and Sunday morning only because the show wasn't really on in the weekday mornings uh, when I was watching it. Cause I, I watched it well after it came on air because I was only oh. two when it came out in 91, you know? Yeah, me too. So it's like, yeah, there, there's no like, point in trying to pinpoint when we first saw this show. Yeah, yeah, because it was somewhere around Very four, early. five, six. But yeah, yeah, so it was never on on the weekdays. So I just ha- I I always associate that song with just like complete relaxation, and it was kind of great. That, that's what I was gonna say. It does fit its purpose, so I give it. It's not the most egregious example. But like mm-hmm. there, it does. I do find it grating, and I'm happy that there's the skip intro button. I was happy for that button after about five episodes. Yeah, <laughs> you're see, right. Exactly. Yeah, it is catchy. Like I'll give him that, you know. But mm-hmm. it's it's musical candy, and you eat it, and you eat it, and then all of a sudden you're sick, and you never want it again. You know. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's my thought on the theme. It fits it just fine, and the animation is fun for sure. So, um, yeah. And I also noticed that, like, I don't know if cartoons still do this. Well, I know SpongeBob had them, but like, I feel like title cards don't happen as often, or maybe that's just cartoons, and that's why. Um, but it, yeah, it was the only the only other one I remember the title cards was with was with Rugrats. Yeah, I'm I'm just remembering a couple more now, so that theory might be off, but um yeah, I, I just don't remember episode names as a kid, so uh-huh. how would I, you know, I don't know. But that it was surprising that every episode has that little opening card. Um were there any episodes that stuck out to you or were a favorite cuz there's one or two I think I like would like to discuss. Yeah, my all-time favorite was the Halloween one. Uh, where they go to the the Funky Town amusement park. They go to, to Funky go Town, yeah. And yeah. I was wa- <laughs> I was waiting for it. And when the bus <laughs> opens, they have like a little Funky Town pastiche play. And I was like, all right, they're taking them down to Funky Town finally. For sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought I mean, it was just a weird name for a. It's, it seems like a forced joke for the adults or yeah. something. I don't know, but um, that a lot of the jokes really fell flat. Even when I was being open, I was just like. I laughed legitimately 
plenty of times, but like a a lot of times they just kind of went like, you know. Uh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, the, the Halloween one was a lot of fun and again hinges on like Doug's inability to even communicate with his best friend who's like mm-hmm. forcing apparently his best friend as well to do something he doesn't want to do or is apprehensive about. And then the shenanigans at the end get wild. Yeah, like I don't understand the uh the physics in play when no, they're incomprehensible. Doug and Skeeter turn into ghosts and like their heads turn giant. The, like we, that, that was some next level stuff right there. We would still have trouble doing anything resembling that today. I think unless yes. you had like hologram projectors or where, what are those called? Where you like you map the projection onto a specific area. Those are sweet, but um, yeah, you couldn't have a convincing floating 3d head rendered in uh 30 seconds that streams in real time no <laughs> yeah and what was with the guy like the main yeah the main villain in the in the ride like did he live there yeah <laughs> who is that i was waiting for him to like pull him in to the coffin thing and be like hey boys this is our ride isn't it a lot of fun we're closing up oh that guy's giving you trouble instead he's like goblin batman with in his bat cave with all these screens and then yeah <laughs> instead of like yes roger was still being a jerk and did some things to trick them but they just like get revenge instead of like i, I don't know it was weird it was it was good like i like that they they pick on roger and freak him out but like there's no real lesson there yeah. either um, I thought it was really funny. The commentary, like if you wrote that episode today, everyone would be like, what? None of this makes sense because he's getting picked on or or sensitive about trick-or-treating in middle school. Like little did those writers know that uh, 40-year-olds would be dressing up now. And um, I know you and I are on the same page, but it's like, um, yeah, I stopped doing that in college. Uh, and all the other millennials out there dressing up, like, what are you doing? Yeah, for I real? think the last time it's time to stop. I think the last time I went legit trick or treating, I was, I think I was thirteen, thirteen or fourteen. There's always an excuse. Well, my parents kind of had a, a super unfair rule where the year my older brother was going to stop trick or treating was the same as me, and it's like, wait a minute, do I get to start driving the same age he does then too? <laughs> like, no, that's super unfair. So I made a big stink about it, and eventually, you know, I got my candy one way or another. I think yeah. my dad just didn't want me to gain weight for wrestling, which is mm. fair, but um, not like I was gonna. Um, as a kid, you could do whatever back then, um, yeah. but it, um, not, not this chunky boy. I, I, I also just realized when I was thinking about that, I was like, man, cosplay, they did a really good job at rebranding dress up for adults and spend a shitload of money probably in time to pretend like that's, just, it, that's what it is. It's dress up. Yeah. Call it what it is. So, yeah but um n- no hate some of those people are really good and and some of the ladies look very nice as well so you know keep yeah. doing your thing but um I, it, it is a bit of a a sneaky rebranding in my opinion but anyways let's get back on topic um what was uh what was one of your favorite episodes so the one that stuck out 
to me always was the one where he gets a uh, video game console and I, and mm-hmm. after rewatching I know it's a Pretendo and um <laughs> Super Pretendo? It might be. I don't recall exactly, <laughs> but um when I was thinking about it, I thought it was like a loose allegory for like don't do drugs kids and like uh-huh. I get that's a fine message, you know, don't d- drugs are bad, they can lead you down a bad path. But after rewatching it, I was like, what the hell is going on here? So I had to look <laughs> into it and um that episode's called Doug's Lost Weekend and um you watched that one as well, right? I did. Yeah, so you recall this uh strange you know flashback sequence or fantasy sequence i should say where he's begging the clerk for another game Mm -hmm. you know just one more you've had enough that's a (laughs) shout out to a billy wilder film from 1945 called the lost weekend and it's about an alcoholic and that just casts such a darker light over it and like he goes into a like a bar and he's like one more drink and, they, and he's like you've had enough and it's like what a deep dive for real. Sp- there's another reference there too because I thought this as a kid because it was the only game I knew. I was like, oh, is that Wing Commander? My brother likes that game, and um, I also found some people thinking it's a reference to that because uh, you fight the Kilrathi, these like feline. Uh, bipeds if you will and mm-hmm. in uh instead of the the space chipmunks or whatever they're fighting so yeah, yeah. Two, two throwback references but i don't even know who's getting that 1945 film one but um everything made more sense and less sense after that like why they thought to include that also their portrayal of video game addiction is just they had no idea what was coming. Oh, he, no. Not yeah. only does he only lose one day of the weekend, because it turns out to be Sunday after he beats the game and it's just over. <laughs> you can't, like, play it again, apparently. Like, it, it's, it's game game over, man. That's it. <laughs> um, apparently, they didn't know how video games worked. But um, he only loses half a weekend. Dude, I've lost half a year to a video game. I don't even want to know what my hours played on World of Warcraft back in the day was like. Or... <laughs> and you didn't even get your own show about it. D- right? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, yeah, I've lost far more time than a single weekend to a game. That was not a fair warning from Doug. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, what a weird, weird episode that was. Mm-hmm. The one right after that was the lucky hat, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, one last note on on that one, though. I do like how they portrayed, like, it's hard to hook up the console. And I remember we had to buy, like, the special connector that, like, you hook your coaxial up to. The and RF. that goes yeah. through the... Yeah, that shit was difficult back in the day. It was weird. Yeah, the RF, the good old RF adapter. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Yeah, don't miss those. <laughs> and then, yeah, the the lucky hat one was kind of interesting, too. Yeah, I just remember, uh, I mean, this is getting ahead in the episode, yeah. but I just remember Roger being the biggest asshole <laughs> about it, and he just took his hat. Roger's great. <laughs> yeah, he's so self 
his only th- thing he's concerned with is his self-interest. Like he'll yep. immediately throw anyone else under the bus after he's gotten his. It's great. Yeah. Admittedly, Roger looked way better with the hat than yeah, Doug. And, <laughs> oh, and I forgot the first thing I noticed when I fired up the first episode and heard Doug speak was like, oh, this is Billy West. Yep. And then I was like, even before hearing Roger speak, I was like, oh, that's him too, obviously. And I was like, yeah. huh, like that dude. And for one thing, some of those really distinct voices, like Mr. Bone, who did a, he did a couple characters and the guy who did Skeeter also did like Mr. Dink and stuff. Mm-hmm. They didn't go on to do anything. And like Billy West has this insane career, you know, yep. which is really weird. Yeah. Even Patty didn't, her actress didn't do much else. Yeah, I did try to look at... That was weird. The, the voice acting on there, and I, I came to the same conclusion. The, that was the, weird. Um, the main thing that stuck out to me from the hat episode that I remembered was that it was actually a positive thing about Doug was that he gives it up willingly in the end when it blows away. Mm-hmm. And Roger, and I was like, I always remembered that that was like big of, of him, but he's also a, you know, superstitious pagan putting so much value in this hat and, yeah. Uh, yeah once he got patty's validation he was like i don't need this stupid hat anymore exactly <laughs> yes uh, he's a simp for patty that's for sure oh yeah for sure he's the biggest simp Dude, he's, yeah <laughs> and and that's that's how he signs up for that the tights the dancing episode is because he's love struck after seeing uh patty <laughs> sign up to be the uh sugar beet fairy of course um, but <laughs> you'd he, think with all the stuff that he attempted to do to woo Patty, it would have been easier just to ask her out. <laughs> dude, he doesn't even have to woo her. She is just so kind and understanding. Yeah. She's so sweet, and he just can't take the hint. I think, like, yeah, it's over. He's already won and didn't even know it. And like, yeah, he. They should have had him learn that lesson sometime at the end of the series. Like, oh. I've always liked you, Doug. <laughs> Something like that, you know. I don't know. Mm. It's or maybe that's too easy for him. But um, it's almost like she's too understanding. Even when he does something that should upset her, she's just like, "It's okay." Yeah, it's and really it, weird. It, it's funny in all of his. Uh, I want to call it inner monologues. Yeah, uh, that are shown on the screen. Uh, Patty is always super, super not understanding of him <laughs> so it's like what's his perception of patty i don't know if that's just completely turned inward you, you might you might not get this one but he, he needs to have like a shinji ikari revelation where he understands that there's a there's a doug funny in the mind of uh, of patty mayonnaise too and that's how she mm. perceives him just how he imagines you know the way he's going to be perceived by her but um yeah i think I th- I think Doug needed that. He had four seasons. That's three more than a, than Shinji had. So, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's gonna make it. But yeah, he unfairly represents her. That's for sure. Like he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like he could have got he he could have, like gotten better about that throughout the show. But he's just constantly unable to overcome these simple misunderstandings or other or even when he like does lie and it blows up in his face like oh it turned out 
whoever else asked him to the dance said he was his first pick and he catches her in that fib too so oh everyone lied so it's okay it's like come on like be real yeah throw him in throw him in juvie show him (laughs) what i had to deal with it's not so bad um no the other plot device that i liked and this is kind of why i like judy so much is like a lot of times when she gets dug into trouble it's not fueled by malice it's just her in her own passion and spontaneous creativity that ruins it for her or like they had a ruse in one episode and and it's just blown up because she can't stop like acting and and something i forget exactly what happens but she she blows it up and loses it and it's like she wasn't doing it out of spite she's just crazy and i love it yeah <laughs> um i did notice they had the tendency to use words like kill and dead a, a, a lot more than you would expect from a children's cartoon yeah i remember that actually because my mom had hated roger whenever we watched the show she was like he's incredibly mean or whatever like he says he's like i'm gonna kill you or whatever did you call her racist against green folk <laughs> no i did not <laughs> <laughs> against goblins i just said well it's a cartoon <laughs> you know if doug has a big nose rogers is even larger i guess that's yeah he's he's a scary man he quite <laughs> literally is a goblin i think i don't know but yeah it, it was weird that that was allowed because I remember later on, you know, it was, I will destroy you or, or he's been removed from this dimension and things like that. That were <laughs> yeah. you know, euphemisms for uh, uh, obliterated, blasted to millions of bits, things like that, <laughs> you know, dead. But um, yeah, that was weird. Um, but I was a bit confused sometimes about like what age group they were targeting. That's a good question. I I mean I yeah. I definitely want to say I definitely want to say it was I mean they're what 10 or 11 in the actual show so it was probably yeah, it was probably around those kids born in like 81 82. Yeah. Do you think it's supposed to well I guess it's supposed to be most relatable to kids that age but I kind of think it appeals more to younger kids but sometimes like what I'm getting at is like in one episode, they're making get well cards and it looks like they're doing work fit for kindergartners and they're in mm. sixth grade. And then in another episode, they're all sensitive about their bodies before they get into a pool. And I'm yeah. like, that's like an eighth grader freshman in high school problem. Like, yeah. who are they? Tar- who are how old are these kids? Like, I know how old they are canonically, but like, and like the Halloween episode, stopping, stopping trick or treating. Who is embarrassed to trick or treat when they were eleven? Yeah, like that's totally fair game. Like, it's weird. I, I don't know. I just noticed an inconsistent message be- between who they were targeting, and maybe they were trying to reach anyone, but it was just a weird thing I noticed. Yeah, I mean, considering the creator was hawking Doug's animation all over the place before Nickelodeon landed it, (laughs) maybe that was the case. Wait, what do you mean? Tell me more about that. Uh, So Doug was actually featured in an orange juice commercial uh, before Nickelodeon picked it up. Yeah, I think I know what you're (laughs) talking about. Like, they had made the character design before 
mm-hmm. the show was actually off the ground. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it was actually, it was a children's book too, or oh. he wrote a children's book before the show. And that's, gotcha. that's kind of what he used to pitch to Nickelodeon. Hmm. I see. Interesting. No, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I, I do think I heard about that backstory like years ago, but um, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm just being reminded of that now. Yeah, it's overall, I had a really hard time pinning down how I would describe this show. Uh-huh. The episodes are so different and weird, and there could yeah. be ones where it's all a fantasy or all of it takes place in a school. And like mm-hmm. the only consistency is it usually ends with like Dear Journal, and there's some fantasy sequences at some point. Yeah, I think that's maybe why I liked it yeah. as a kid was was because of, how all over the place it was, you know, that imagery used in his in his fantasies and everything mm. like it was ridiculous, like during the liver and onions episode when he was just a knight <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. There's, uh, there's one where he was in American gladiators and stuff. Yeah. All this wacky. You, you're right. That was some of the funny stuff. But in a lot of them, he's like just fearing some inevitable embarrassment he feels Mm -hmm. is coming and it's just like hordes of faces laughing at him which is yeah (laughs) surely that that helps little kids with their insecurities you know but Mm. i don't know Uh, (laughs) oh and then one other episode i thought was really really wild and just kind of like out of touch with what happens in the episode like with what they show on screen and what the real life consequences would be the the one when he becomes hamburger boy yeah uh mr dink in another one of his you know he forces doug to be the hamburger boy while he goes out of town it's been mr dink's tradition and doug doesn't have the willpower to say no but um the, the episode doesn't really matter all that matters is in the end um, he's trying to attend a picnic with Patty and B, the hamburger boy at the picnic, and <laughs> some kids fall in the water, and all of a sudden we have like three drowning kids knocking over other kids' canoes, and luckily Doug comes along and saves their lives. <laughs> like All in the hamburger suit, right? Yeah, yeah they all yeah. hang on to the hamburger suit, which doesn't really make sense. Like, why would it be... Mm so rigid and not like i feel like that's a death sentence for doug to jump into yeah. water in that suit um yeah he's gonna sink like a stone <laughs> yeah i mean even i feel like it's fabric on the outside not some waterproof material i don't know yeah. but uh, i just thought it was really strange how it went from picnic to drowning kids in a matter of moments and um <laughs> at the end patty's like you think patty's gonna find out uh doug's sworn secret that he was the hamburger boy he can't reveal it and patty goes you know oh it's okay doug you don't have to say it you can't swim and it's like yeah it would have been really good if everyone spoke up that didn't know how to swim and you could have thrown a life vest on them before they got in a canoe like what the hell (laughs) really weird and funny in unintentionally Speaking of uh, double double lives, what was up with the Quail Man and Smash Adams? <laughs> those are some weird fantasies. I mm-hmm. actually don't think I enjoyed those as much as a kid. 
I think there, uh, there might have been some jokes there to, that just went over my head. Yeah. Because I didn't know what they were referencing. Uh, see, I was a big James Bond fan as a kid, so I, I knew Smash Adams was just James Bond, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked up on that, and uh, okay. but, like, not any of the jokes surrounding mm. it, you know? Oh, okay. But, um... Some of the Quail Man stuff was weird. Some of it was fun. Um, I did notice in one episode he's Race Canyon, yeah, which sounds like Race Bannon from Johnny <laughs> Quest, but he's Indiana Jones. So I'm like, what's up with that? That's weird. I mean, I guess they yeah. kind of have a similar thing. Not really, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why I like, didn't get it, because it, they didn't work it in very well. <laughs> yeah. Uh. It was a very strange show. I I would say I fell down a bit of a rabbit hole where after watching a couple, I felt like, like I said, I knew less about the show and I had to watch more and more. Yeah, that's almost a perfect way to put it because it definitely didn't hit me the same way it did as a kid. No. And uh, watching it nowadays is not, I can't really explain it that well. It's just not the same, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was something just when you're a kid, and I don't know if it's just like your imagination deteriorates when you get older. So maybe it falls out with Doug's imagination. But well, I've always prided myself on still having a strong imagination, but that there could be some truth to that. It's hard to know what's lost. I think a lot of the plots are just paper thin, and you can kind of mm. know where they're going. I watched one where. Uh, Doug was worried about the boy from Yakistania, which seems yeah. <laughs> to be some Dutch or you know German type culture with with a with like Chiquita banana hats too. It was very <laughs> odd, and um, yeah, of course the the misunderstanding from the beginning was obvious to me. Like it's it's not Patty; it's someone else that is. It's a misunderstanding. Like it's there's no secrets. Yeah. It's a as an adult, it's a lot easier to see through all that. So, yeah, for sure. Maybe that's it. Shout out to the to the twelve minute episodes, though. I forgot how wonderful those are because when you're a kid, you're just your attention span. Yeah, those go is just not there. So <laughs> those go fast, and they're. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. Well, it's weird. Some of them feel like they go really quick, and then other ones, I'm surprised it's only twelve minutes. I'm like, how did they fit that much story? in only yeah. 12 minutes it's pretty surprising so yeah i think the last thing i'll mention is um i had seen what disney's doug looked like just from commercials back in the day mm -hmm. i had the unfortunate experience of seeing what patty uh looked like in the redesign and ugh, glad i never saw that uh i <laughs> i think we're just choosing to not acknowledge that and um, would you agree, Toby? Same page? I remember actively making the decision to not watch it when they moved to Disney. You 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 stood up and boycotted it. I like that. Pretty much. I like that. Yeah, because I I think I did watch the first episode and I said, this isn't the same. Like even Doug, like because yeah. Billy West left. So I, oh, I yeah, that killed, you could tell that, that the voice wasn't even the same. No, I'm not. I'm not down with that. And I wasn't down with the redesign and people. Yeah. The way they looked, the animation looked different. Not my cup of tea. I like, see, I, I find indifference to be like the opposite of love, not hate, but I do admire mm -hmm. your, uh, your rage at, at, at the show that you, you said. <laughs> 
no. Thank you. Yeah. I like when my rage is admired. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just makes me think of the Simpsons episode where I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I'm addicted to rage. So funny. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Did you have any other thoughts? No other thoughts. Just I'm with you, man. It's still a weird show and I can't really grasp what I what drawn me to it as a kid other than just you know the whole fantasy aspect and just the wacky colors and just the wacky characters i think i was a lot more into the design as a kid and you know skeeter with his honk honk and all that seemed a lot <laughs> yeah. funnier to me um i think it was one of those shows that i wouldn't shut off but i wasn't like waiting for it to be on because I'm pretty okay. sure, you know, when it, if it came out in 91, and like like you said, we didn't see it till later, they were showing reruns for years. I'm oh, sure yeah. I saw every episode. It, that, that, that's how I'd put it. I wouldn't shut it off. I wasn't, like, excited that Doug was on, but I was like, okay, Doug, we'll watch this. Yeah. Okay. I, I was excited when Doug was on. I'm not going to lie. I, I but... think I just grew away <laughs> from it a little bit, but I... Yeah. I yeah, I'm not I'm not saying I I didn't like it. That's just probably the fairest way I could put it. Like I wouldn't change the channel, you know, and okay. as an ADD riddled uh young kid that that was a pretty common occurrence, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that wraps up our talk about Doug. What's on the schedule next week? I think we're diving into that 8-bit, 16-bit world of Mario. Right on. Yeah. We're going to be exploring, uh, I guess you would call it uh, the first four console Mario games, you know? So Super mm -hmm. Mario Bros. and two and three and then Super Mario World. And then maybe yep. we'll touch on the, the Game Boy games, too. I have some memories with those. Oh, I do, too, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. If you're excited to hear about that, come and check in with us next Tuesday. We'll be covering the Super Mario Bros. series. Check us out on Twitter at Raised by the 90s. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts and like and subscribe if you happen to be on YouTube. We'll catch you next time. Know you later. <laughs> <laughs>